Welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast, friends. My name is Andrew Norris, your host, and thank you for being here. This week's guest is Stephen Castillo. Stephen is a painter living in, I think he said, we said uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He goes by Stephen the Artist on Instagram. That's Stephen with a V. And he's making, or he's take, he has a unique take on the paint pour phenomenon that's blown up in the last uh, decade, I guess, because he actually makes figures out of the patterns of pour that he makes. I think it's a brilliant idea. That's why I reached out to him. Partially that, partially because he seemed to come out of nowhere right around when the pandemic started with this new style. And I really dig it. I think there's a lot there. Uh, In this episode, we talk about his backstory growing up in, well, I guess between El Salvador and the U.S. uh, from ages 5 to 15 when he finally permanently moved to the States, the culture shock therein. Uh, we talk a bit about his process, about lucid dreaming. Terrence McKenna may or may not have come up. And I think this is a really cool combo. Really nice to meet you, Stephen. Thank you for taking the time. And we have a new patron this week. Shout out to Mr. Zachary Brown. You can find him at Visionary Voyager on Instagram. Zachary's out here. Well, making visionary paintings. Nice work, man. Keep it up. Thank you for your support. Really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support the Patreon, you could head on over to patreon.com slash podcast, where you will find three tiers available to show your support. $4, $8, and $16 per month are the tiers there. You get video. You get a shout out, you get guest suggestions, you get merch, all depending on what level of subscription you would like to dig your teeth into. That address again is patreon.com slash RTAF podcast. And before we start the show, I'd just like to acknowledge the passing of Charles I this week. I didn't know Charles, but by all accounts... He was an amazing human being on top of being an amazing musician. My heart goes out to his friends and his family. And other than that, I don't have many words. But I'd like to take a little moment of silence here before we start the show. Stephen Castillo. Nice to meet you, man. Hello. Nice meeting you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I wanted to have you on because I feel like uh, you came out of nowhere, like (laughs) right around the time the pandemic started. uh, I saw your work. And uh, I guess we'll get right into your work, if that's all right with you. And then Let's do it. maybe we'll circle back and, and 
you can we can talk about like you know how you became an artist or when you knew that you were going to be an artist but um i think i have your instagram pulled up so i might screen share just right off the top here uh yeah i got it all right yeah so like i think what you're doing is so just it's like it hits on so many levels like it's an idea i wish i had you know what i mean (laughs) okay yeah yeah and like it's it's simple but it's it's like it's classy and i don't know i just love it so i'm gonna um i'm gonna bring it up and i want i wanted to ask you like what your process is for for some of these paintings can you you can see that right yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, so they all start with uh, an acrylic pour. Yeah. You know, pouring paint on the canvas, moving it in all directions until I find a pattern that I like. And I always go for a specific pattern. And it is like the attempt to get to that pattern. But it doesn't always come out like that. And that's the first step. You know, once mm-hmm. that dries, then I start painting on it. Nice. So you're using, you're basically like cutting in with like shadows. after you've poured it yeah yeah shaping the pattern with the shadows and yeah oh that's great and you're using like you're kind of using like renaissance uh or like classical even like as far back as like uh are these like this david right this is a yeah this is a renaissance it was made during the renaissance correct yeah i just want to get my art history right so that i don't you know sound dumb but uh but like like this is a is that a da vinci version of jesus yeah 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 that's super sweet man so when you're pouring are you using are you like lifting up the canvas to try and get the pour to sort of like um move in a certain direction yeah yeah uh, it depends on how the paint uh how thick the paint is sometimes it's uh, more fluid than others Uh so i'll have to lift it and have it like vertical you know and then rotate it like that and then look at it see how fast it's moving just like try to control it as much as possible but just moving it yeah nice i love it so you're like working directly with this um kind of chaotic thing yes yeah so like i pushed it i pushed it Go ahead. Like, I, I just push it in certain ways, but at the end, it just, like, when it settles, it does its own thing. You know, I just, like, suggest, you know, shapes or, like, suggest patterns. But at the end, it just, you know, it's whatever happens. And you're not ever using, like, a a squeegee or any sort of, like, tool to, like, move the pour in the beginning? No. Nice. So it's all, like, kind of just directly onto the canvas? Yeah. yeah and then so you take that chaos and then you kind of overlay art history on it basically (laughs) yeah okay so do it as best as possible yeah i gotta ask like did how did this idea come to you did it just pop into your head one day or uh so uh five years ago when i first started painting 
Yeah. I saw another guy on Instagram have just pores like that. And I asked him how he did it. And he just told me just pour paint and move the canvas. Yeah. So when I did it, you know, I saw this pour and it kind of just like, I was like, this needs something else. If you go, you know, far down, yeah, you'll see like the very first try was a Jimi Hendrix uh, um, stencil that I tried like way back. And that was just like an idea, you know, I was like, okay, you know, but this, I didn't feel yeah. that I had the skills, but just you know, further down. Jim Morrison. Where's Jimmy? Oh, I see. So you, okay. So this is a while ago. There he is. This was your first experiment with it? Yeah, right there. Right there. Wow. Beginning in 2017. Nice. So on that one, I poured it on the center. And, you know, I didn't know how much paint I should use. I pour, I didn't pour enough paint to cover the whole canvas. So, you know, I poured it and then it just stayed in the center. So I kind of like just like pulled the paint, you know, towards the edges and then let it sit. And then that's when I, I saw that I could put something on top of it. And I tried doing that one, you know, and it, that's when it first started. And then, you know, I kind of would, you know, experiment every now and then with that same style, you know, but I didn't have the the skills to, you know, start shading or like shape it, you know, how I would imagine it. Yeah. But that's where I started. That's sweet. I mean, yeah, I, I'm looking at all your other work too. And I, I had looked at it uh, before we hopped on here just to kind of get a context. And it's, you know, here's a Jim Morrison one, kind of the same style, like more of a, like you were saying, more of a stencil, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you use spray on that or uh, were you using brush for the, the black uh, outline? All brush. All brush. Okay. Just brush. Yeah. That's nice. Nice. Yeah, it seems like, um, to me, like, when I saw the first, I think the first one I saw was, and I noticed the, the time stamp on it earlier, it was um, this one right before all the official, like, quarantine stuff happened. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And, uh, I mean, damn. I really like this fold right here. I know, like, yeah. we're getting a, we're, I'm getting a little too like specific and 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 uh, nerdy, uh, because only some, only some people will see this video. Uh, only the the Patreon subscribers, uh, and for now at least. But like, I don't know. I just I think it's uh, it's worth talking about. When did? I don't know how to articulate this question necessarily, but I'm just I'm just curious as when what or when you got the confidence to say, okay, now I can I can pull this thing off, this idea that I had nearly four years ago, or near at this point it'd be like three years ago, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> what was it? Yes. Yeah, so that gave you that confidence. So at that point, it had been a while since I had tried doing something like that. Mm -hmm. And I had this commission of this like way bigger canvas than that. And it was on the same style, but it was the opposite. It was like with white highlights, bringing the highlights out mm -hmm. of the pore. And it yeah. was a, a, the face of a Buddha. So as I was doing that, it just kind of like brought me back 
And, you know, I thought how I had all these years of now, like learning the brush and, you know, knowing how to move it and all that. So uh, it gave me the idea to now try again, you know. So then I saw this image and I'm, you know, I did see it as being a little challenge. <clears throat> so it was a thing where I was like, if I can do it like I can, like I'm imagining it, it could be really cool. And I went all in. I really tried with that one. You mm-hmm. know, that was the the one that I really, really tried. Nice. How long did that one take you? Uh, five, few weeks yeah. working on and off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 18 by 24, uh, all acrylic yeah. and yeah, if you get like anyone listening who have who hasn't checked out Steven's artwork, um Steven the artist on Instagram. Check him out. Good stuff. Um so one question I had was I'm I'm assuming you're using references for the yeah. figures over top, right? Yeah. Um are you just eyeballing it? Are you gridding it out in some way? Are you using a projector? Like, what's your technique on that? Like the, um, something like a grid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get the proportions and all that in, you know. Uh, when I started doing those, I would um, actually do like a grid or, you know, like a doodle grid or something on that. But then as I kept doing it, I just started using the actual background as a as a guide ah know? yeah 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 that makes sense so are you are you taking a photo of the initial pour and then um are you gridding it out off of the canvas somewhere like in photoshop or yeah nice yeah and then i just had the reference and i just you know transfer it sweet so what made you pick like uh i mean i think i yeah my guess would would be maybe what it is, but what made you pick these kind of like uh, statues from from the Renaissance and and other uh, kind of classical? So, <clears throat> so when I was a kid, I, I was I grew up around the the Catholic Church. Yeah, you know, going. I, I used to play soccer every Sunday, so I had to be you know in the church to be able to play. So, you know, I was around sculptures and all kinds of things like that. So that kind of just stayed with me, you know. So later on, you know, learning about art history and all that, when seeing those, they just kind of hit a little spot that I, you know, combining everything that is current with me, you know. And it, it all was all those ingredients just came out as that. Nice. So it's like this confluence of of experience and yeah. interest that that's sort of like, uh, was there anything in particular where you like, did you have like a memory or anything like, Oh, I remember like playing soccer and going into the church and seeing these statues. Maybe I could use this poor thing, uh, with, you know, with those. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that obvious. It Uh was more of like, so I, I, you know, I have these dreams where I have like a specific place that I, go to and it's this big space with many rooms and there's like all the things that I remember or you know everything that I've experienced it just shows up in a certain way so I've seen sculptures that are like melting you know like the memories are like I'm turning a corner and then this there's this room and this huge sculpture and it's like melting 
So this was just, you know, trying to bring that out in a way. And this was the closest that I could do. But it's all part of, you know, everything that I've experienced and it kind of just comes out, you know, not even directly. It's just whenever I'm doing the pour or choosing an image, whatever feels right is what comes out. Nice. So you're just letting like your intuition guide you in a, in a certain yeah. way. That dream thing is super interesting too, man. Uh, uh, is it like a recurring <laughs> dream? Yeah, it's the same. It's like a similar, it's a, it's a huge castle. Yeah. And I always like begin sometimes in the ocean, you know, in a boat, just going towards it. And I can see it at the top of a cliff and then I'm inside of it. And, you know, I see the same things a lot of times, but then there's always new things. Mm-hmm. you know and i'm always like trying to figure out what it what it is after yeah you know, after it happens have you ever but realized the, sorry go ahead but the statues are something that were like you know it left a big impression yeah yeah have you ever this is getting a little off track but like have you ever realized you were dreaming that dream when you were in the dream yeah so are you so are you into lucid dreaming then yeah okay nice what a, what kind of um. I guess like are there tech there are techniques to like sort of get you get a person into a state where they're more likely to lucid dream. Is that right? Yeah. It's like while you're awake, you can do like reality checks. You know, mm-hmm. just like real like remember that you're you know, you know awake. So then the more you do that as you're dreaming, you'll, you're just going to keep doing it. And then one of those times is going to be like, oh, I'm dreaming right now. Yeah. You know, and it'll be the same awareness that you have as when you're awake. Yeah. I've but it's only, like a matter of practicing that. Yeah. I've only pulled lucid dreaming off maybe three or four times in my life. Um, but then as soon, like, it seems to me like as soon as I do, I, I wake up like, my body wants to wake up. It's like somehow it, me realizing that I'm dreaming is, is like tricking my nervous system into waking me up or something like that. But then, you know, I, I usually like get off the ground a few feet before I'm Mm. like, ah, now I'm waking up. You know what I mean? Um, so would you say that like that kind of, like that other side of reality, right? Like the dreaming kind of side of reality. Is that what sort of influences your art? Or yeah. Is, there is a connection definitely. there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Let's, so let's kind of like try and dovetail your, your backstory into all this at this point. It seems like a good spot. Um, when did you, when did you realize you wanted to be a painter a painter uh about five seven years ago no five got five years ago mm-hmm. it's i you know i was watching bob ross and i had been watching him for <laughs> hours straight yeah and it just i just wanted to to feel the brush and you know the canvas mm-hmm. you know i had been thinking about it for a long time but it you know coming from a just using a pencil or markers the brushes seemed you know like i didn't i wouldn't have much control over it you know comparing it to a pencil Mm -hmm. so i just didn't feel like taking that risk you know Mm -hmm. but watching bob ross just i was left with 
just wanting to experience, you know, the brush on canvas. Yeah. And slowly I was just, you know, got brushes, got paint and some canvas panels, started imitating Bob Ross, you know, just to get that feeling. Mm -hmm. And from there it was like, okay, you can do so much with this, with the brush and paint. Yeah. And that's where it started. So were you drawing before then a bunch? Yeah. Since I can remember since I was a kid, just drawing, drawing cartoons, you know, trying to do graffiti on my sketchbook, all that. Oh yeah. Did you, do you have any other mediums that you're interested in? Um, like, like I saw some, I saw that you spray paint a lot of these, uh, this style now. And I'm curious about that. We can talk about like maybe the process of that later, but like, did you grow up like making music or, or anything else like that? Writing? I haven't, I haven't done any of that, but I'm interested in all that. Like I wish I I could be, you know, have time for all that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, At a certain point you just have to double and triple quadruple down on, on making paintings. Um, so yeah. Okay. So you, you've been drawing all your life. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, so I was born in El Salvador. Okay, nice. That's in Central America. Right, yeah. right, right. And you grew up there? Uh, for the first five years of my life, I you know, grew up there. And then I traveled here because I have family here. And from the age of five to 15, I kept traveling back and forth. And so I kind of grew up here and there, you know, for the first 10 years, 15 years of my life. Totally. And then when I was 15, I, I stayed here and then did high school here. And I've been here since it's been like 12 years or so. Okay. Nice. Nice. Hmm. So did you move to, where did you move to in the, in the States? Uh, Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Yeah. That's where the family was. So this is where I landed and stayed. Nice. And so you're in Indianapolis. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Do you think like, uh, like growing up in El Salvador, was it like a culture shock coming here? Uh, yeah, definitely. But as a kid, I feel like I was just more able to adapt. Yeah. A little more, you know, and also it wasn't, you know, so much a shock because I kept going back. So it was like a easing into being here by the time I stayed you know, I was like, it was normal for me to be here. And I kind of, I also preferred it here. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just, it just went in the best way it could. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. You kind of get like yeah, a slow introduction to the, the American culture, I guess. Yeah. And time. it's like, by that time I went into high school and I already knew a little bit of English. So it was easier to get into that, you know, mm-hmm. and I did all high school and it was, you know, just, I was cool with all that. Nice. Preferred to be here. Yeah. So what, so what was El Salvador like? If you could paint a picture of what it was like for you growing up there and going back and forth, like what were the, the biggest differences and what, th- what are some of the things that were, were like almost the same or very similar? So growing up there, <clears throat> the neighborhood where I grew up, I feel like everybody was like a big family. It was like everybody lived so close. And the thing was to be outside, hanging out with everyone. 
you know, mm-hmm. playing soccer or just like, you know, running around and everybody was outside all the time. So it was like a big family. You knew everybody to a really deep level. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a huge connection with the whole neighborhood. Yeah. And, you know, friends were like really good friends, you know? Yeah. So then coming here, it was the, the difference was that you didn't know your neighbor neighbors or people didn't go outside as much. You know, everybody was inside and you had to drive to go see your family. So it was just a, a matter of not having less connections here, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I grew up uh, close to this big soccer field and close to the woods. So it was always, I was always on an adventure going somewhere, exploring with the friends. And that's in El Salvador, you're next to the yeah, soccer field yeah. in the woods. Nice. Mm-hmm. So is it like a jungle down there? Like jungle uh, woods or what were we talking? I'm not sure uh, on the geography. Not, right. Yeah. Uh, not where I not where I lived. Okay. But there was a lot of woods for sure, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. One thing I'll I'll kinda like piggyback off of on that is uh I, I feel like um for me at least in my experience like american society has gotten even more uh isolated like yeah. you're talking about how everybody you know used to play outside in el salvador at least they probably still do but like everybody plays outside you know all your neighbors like it's like a tight-knit community yeah and when i was growing up like i know i was just a kid so i didn't have a full understanding or picture of what was going on but like we knew our neighbors on all sides and like i played with tons of kids in the neighborhood and and you know my parents were on first name basis with like tons of people in the neighborhood and um i don't know what happened but like now as an adult like the place i live i know my next door neighbor because we're we were friends already right Okay. But then like the trying to like talk to people and like connect with people it it's just a little different or more difficult. I don't know what that is though. Like is it just like I don't know what that is. You know, but I agree I agree yeah. that it's like some parts of of like our, our cultural style seem a little like empty or like they're like missing a big chunk of what it means to like be a human existing in the world, you know? Yeah. Also the way that the houses were set up over there, they were right next to each other Mm. sharing a wall. And it was a row of like 25 houses. Yeah. yeah, And then right in front of it, it was another row facing the house. So it was like, you know, it was like so many families in this space you know where you had to walk through in front of all the houses to go to the to the main road and you know one or two houses had people selling you know things out of their house like whatever you needed so the store was just you know a few houses down yeah and you just walked through it and it was you know your friend yeah that's yeah that's super that's something that's definitely very different um now we're all sort of like we're sort of doing that but it's everybody's on the internet just like hawking yeah. their wares you know <laughs> I, <Yes. laughs> I feel like uh i i just see so many more p- 
people like who have businesses now. Um, it's just so crazy. It seems like if everybody has a business, then everybody's sort of like on this, like, uh, uh, you know, marketing tip and, uh, salesman kind of like attitude. Yeah. And it's like, we're just selling stuff to each other and, you know, maybe it's turning more into like a barter economy or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just For interesting sure. to think about. Like, I don't know if that's good or bad or I don't, I'm not passing any judgment on it, but it's, uh, it can be both for sure. Yeah, for sure. Double-edged sword kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so have you been lately, have you been like just making your, your living kind of just selling paintings? Yeah. For the past, uh, for the past year. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. What were you, are you still, do you have any other side work or just, just paintings now? No, that's all I do now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's so yeah. awesome. Love to see that. Um, so are you making prints or anything? What's your, what's your strategy for like so, running your business? I do have prints, but it's mostly selling my original paintings and, um, but mostly it's commissions. Okay, nice. You know, one after another. And then sometimes I'll have a, I'll have time to do just a painting out of my own, mm -hmm. which then get more commissions. So it's like, you know, that's how I've been doing it. And I do have prints of the ones that I do, but I don't keep up with that as much as I should. But yeah. There's something to be said though for like not having very many prints. I think that that keeps the the value of the original like maybe a little bit higher you know what i mean yeah um some people get like if if you know you've like if you've taken an image and like hello kitty that shit everywhere some people right. some buyers might be a little more like hesitant to take the original because they're like oh man it's like you put this on coffee mugs and backpacks yeah you know what i mean yeah does that come yeah in? there's a lot that i haven't put on you know made available as prints and ju just because i haven't been able to do it i, don't, I haven't had the time to do it and it's just then i like I, I do more and more and then you know people are asking for prints i'm like yeah i have prints of some right. you know and, and then they're like are you gonna have prints of this one i'm like maybe at some point you know <laughs> if i get to it so that's how it's been but you know it, it has worked out to be you know like the less you have of that like the more valuable it is you know and people see it like that too yeah. So it's it worked out. That's nice. Yeah. And you're probably just busy painting if you've got all these like commissions yeah. rolling in, huh? Yeah. Um, so also I, one thing I noticed is that, uh, you've been making murals recently, right? Or maybe not even just recently, but like, um, you've taken this style and you've turned it into let's, I'm going to share the screen again. Okay. Just because I think it's worth looking at. Um, you've taken this style and you've translated it into like bigger wall pieces. Like this one here is one that I had pulled up earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, that is the very first try at, at, to do the same style on a wall. And that's actually my third mural. So I've only done like six total or so. But that was the very first time that I tried to do, you know, the pattern on the wall and then the shading on top. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how, that's, that's what came out. It's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you, you've kind of like imitated the, the, the pouring, the acrylic pouring in a, yeah. in a really interesting way. Can you talk about your process for doing that? Is it sort of the same, like, uh, making a pattern and, and then cutting back in or are you yeah it's the same the same process you know except i'm literally painting every line with the spray can mm-hmm. and at this point you know like i was still learning the spray can you know so doing those tight lines was you know a whole experience a whole you know learning process so you know i, I for that one i knew what i was going to do so i kind of just did the pattern where i knew the hands were going to go but I did it past it so that I could have, you know, room to, to, you know, move the image if I needed to. But, you know, I did the pattern and then took a picture of that. And, you know, then I did the, the hands on top and just went in and cut with black paint, you know, black spray paint, some transparent black for the shading. Yeah. You know, layers on layers to like, you know, thought that it looked good enough, but it was really challenging to do that first one. Oh yeah. Yeah, especially too. You're on a in this photo here. You're you're using the corner of of two walls. Yeah. On a, I guess what would that be, concave, ninety degree angle mm-hmm. where it's like going in. Yeah. yeah, it's a corner right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm always curious too. Was this this sort of maybe looks like a wall that no one would have minded you paint that on? Or you did? Did you have to ask permission for this one? Okay, so that one is actually part of this art park in Tennessee, where nice. it's—I uh, think it's about 50, forty to fifty walls on in the woods, and it's this trail that goes through all the walls, and there's walls of different shapes and different mm-hmm. sizes. Yeah, right there. It, and it, they have a um, a jam every every spring, summer, and fall. Oh, sweet. And they have a lot of walls. Yeah. So then I think that's the only wall that is like that. And, you know, they had another people, another person painting on the other side of that wall. Nice. But it's really cool. It's in the woods. Yeah. Have you ever been been there twice? You've been there twice? Yeah. Did you have to get invited or did, uh, did you just Uh, go down there? When I was doing, I did uh, my second mural like an hour away from here. And the guy that uh, selects the people for that uh, showed up to paint there. And I started talking to him. He told me about that. And, you know, he told me to apply. And I did. And, you know, he got me that wall. And they get like 50 to 60 artists every every time that they do one of those. So that's the other side of my wall, actually. Nice. Yeah. So I was on the on the inside of that. That's dope. It reminds me of uh, of um, have you ever been to Halloween? I have in, not f- down in Florida. So my friend Anya uh, shouts Anya Amador. She puts together uh, this thing called the mural maze in the middle of this festival. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was gonna go this this year, but the timing didn't work out. Ah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. so like all their walls are like this, right? They're like ninety degrees, uh, in some form or fashion, and but they're set up in in like a, it's almost like a a triangular 
set up like mm. um into thirds so there's like these these two walls right like how you have this but then since they're made out of like um basically like birch plywood big like mm-hmm. eight by four planks kind of like drilled together they put a third one on there so that it like balances it all out and you can have you basically have okay. like three murals on one kind of like like uh like structure there right okay yeah that, that sounds really cool yeah but that's just i don't know just talking out loud here <laughs> that's what it reminds <laughs> me of um yeah, so yeah, that, that's the only one that I've done on on, on something like a, like a corner. It's the third one you've done on something like the, a corner. The, the only only oh, the, one that the I've done. Only like one. That. Oh, okay, yeah. got Every you. other one's been flat wall. Yeah, but it's really cool to do something like that. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you, like, it was interesting for me to see this, like, come up in my feed around the time the pandemic really went into a full lockdown i guess um did that i mean did that seemed like the timing for you couldn't have been like any better right right so i think it was the fact that people were (laughs) online more maybe yeah that people okay so i did that one just because i wanted the first one that you that you saw that's because it. I wanted to know the other one. Oh, okay. The very first one. Gotcha. Yeah. The very okay. first one, that one, it was just a, a challenge, you know, that I wanted to, to do. Mm-hmm. So people saw that one and they started commissioning more like it. So I started doing more and more, you know, I had commissions and then I started doing some that I wanted to do in that style. And it just kept going and going and going. And, you know, I'm still going. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, this this actually like for whatever reason sticks in my mind as one of the like novel things that were actually cool that happened around that time like okay your paintings and so uh yeah it's like you know i always i'll just remember like for me too that the same kind of thing happened where like I was like definitely selling more art than I normally did, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think, it was strange. So strange. I think that <laughs> my, my theory was that like people weren't, you know, going to Starbucks or the movies or McDonald's or whatever. And they had, yeah, you know, hundreds to like, you know, maybe thousands of dollars just saved up because they weren't, you know, on their normal yeah. bullshit. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, just, I guess just like, oh, here's another mural. Okay. So. Yeah, that's on the same, same park. Are you getting commissioned to do these now or? No, no, they just, just go do them for fun. Okay. Nice. Nice. Is it all spray too? Yeah, that one's all spray. Yeah. Okay. That's the second one in that style. Yeah. This one's so dope, man. You you've got some good can control. It looks like, and I'm still I'm still learning that. It that's definitely you know just like I learned the brushes. I knew that it was just a matter of learning all the movements and all the tricks with the spray paint. Yeah, and you know it's it, it's it's difficult, but it definitely you know lets you do a lot of things. For sure. Do you have a wall 
at your place that you can practice on? No, actually, every mural that I've done is like I just go there and just practice there. You know, I don't really? have anywhere else to practice. So if you go down, you can see the very first one that I did. This one? And for that one. No. Like, uh, oh, the very down, first painting. Down. Got you. This yeah. One. Yeah. And uh, no, the mural, the very first oh, the, mural. Oh, okay. Yeah. This one. Um, or no? No. This one? If you go down, the more. <laughs> that one. <laughs> no, it's lower, <laughs> lower. <laughs> This is that, that one right there. Uh, let me see. This one, this op art one. It looks like that. Can you, uh, let me see. Go down a bit more. Mm, bit more. So the very first one I did was like geometrical. Uh -huh. No, it's probably like no, it's not higher than that. This is more recent. Let's see. We'll cut all this out, this kind of like waiting and figuring it all out. But this? Uh, no, uh, right there. Yes, right there. Yeah, okay. So that was my very first one. And for that one, I had ordered some spray paint, but it didn't arrive on time. So I had to, most of it, I had to do with brush. Mm. And, you know, I only had a few spray cans. And that was the very first try at doing a mural. And you know that's what that's why I realized that you know spray cans were a whole different thing. And to you know I I thought that I was gonna do those lines in circles with the spray can, but I had no control over that, so I ended up doing it all with the brush. But that was my first you know time painting on a huge surface like that. And from there I just wanted to do it, and you know there you know I didn't want to just go you know spray paint illegally and get caught and all that. So <laughs> yeah yeah every mural that I do is just like another time to do more spray painting you know that's interesting man yeah like drawing circles or painting circles freehand is so tough yeah i had to use a string for that it was it was a challenge too yeah how long did this one take you uh two days nice so i want to get back into your story man uh so when you arrive in the States, kind of like in high school, were you, you were already like drawing all the time, correct? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I always had a sketchbook. Always wanted to do, you know, some, always trying to draw something. Yeah. What was, yeah. what was like high school like for you being in like a new country? Um, it was very strange at first because where I would go to school over there it was a christian school so it was really strict i had to wear a uniform and my hair had to be at a certain length you know mm -hmm. it was really weird so coming here it was like so much freedom and there was so many people like over there it was like probably my class was a probably like a couple hundred yeah. and here it was i don't even know how many but it was just so many more than i've ever seen before yeah so and also, you know, my first year of high school, I didn't fully know English. So it was, a, you know, a challenge just understanding the teachers and, you know, trying to make friends, you know. And so it was like a really, you know, big transition to be around that many people every day, you know, having to do, you know, homework and English, all that. But, you know, 
I really tried because I, I wanted to be in there and, and, you know, not be lost all the time. So I ended up learning English and, you know, made friends here, mm-hmm. um, did okay in class. Yeah. Had art class. You know, that was like the best, you know, having an art teacher and having art projects and all that, which I kind of kind of use art class just to to do my own thing, you know. Yeah. Just use all the tools there to work on my sketchbooks and my you know projects. Yeah. But it was it was really cool. It was uh, I think that that really helped to introduce me to become an adult here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you were you focused mostly on your art class then? Yeah, because that was that was the class that I didn't have to know all the English for, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was just about doing, you know. It was just about doing what I like to do, what I knew how to do, so that I would look forward to that class every day. Hell yeah, yeah. And there's something about like images. They have their own language, you know. They they actually transcend yeah. like spoken language. So if you oh, yeah. can convey what you're trying to convey in an image, you don't necessarily need to speak the same language as the person viewing it. Right. Yeah. You just do what you do and then you show somebody and then you're, you're showing yourself to anybody. It doesn't matter what language they speak. You're just showing yourself and they see you in whatever you're presenting. It doesn't matter what you can say about it in whatever language. Yeah. So did you go to school did you go to art school after this or did you, did you go to a university or anything like that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like, I'm kind of 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 two minds about it. Like I think if you're that young and you absolutely know in your heart of hearts, what you want to do, it can be a good thing to go to college or whatever. But like, I mean, let's be honest. Most people have to take out loans and, all this other yeah all this other shit that comes with it and at 18 I'll speak for myself I didn't know shit you know what I mean I did I was like I guess I'll go to school because my parents say I should blah 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 and so I think you know in some way like not going to school can be more beneficial than having like you know being saddled with student debt or whatever. Right. Yeah. When I was in art class, some art teachers, you know, suggested, you know, that I would look into that. And I did. And, um, you know, since I wasn't from here, anywhere that I would go, I would have to be out of state tuition. So it was just way more expensive. Yeah. And I didn't have the ability to take out loans and, you know, all those things. So it was just, you know, I did look into it. and It was just way too much. So, you know, it, it was like, okay, I can't do that. And just didn't even think about that anymore. Yeah. So, so after high school, what did you do? You just got a job. Uh, I, yeah, just got a job and you know just tried out all the jobs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> didn't like not one of them. So I just kept jumping from job to job, and you know ended up at, at this landscaping job that I liked because I was outside. You know, all Hell day yeah. just playing with plants and flowers and all this, just like you know, just outside. And that was the job that I kind of, you know, was like, okay, I can have this for a couple of years. And I, I think I worked landscaping for 
three three years mm-hmm. and that's where you know i started just working on my paintings before and after work you know because I, I had a job that I, I was okay with i didn't have to worry about finding something else so yeah, i yeah. could focus just on making paintings before and after work and so do you think that like like coming to the states when you did right and being in high school having to learn the new language having to you know start over with like a peer group um and all those things do you think that that motivated you like like in a deep deep way to find what you wanted to do and pursue yeah. it yeah oh for sure yeah because i feel like you know growing up over there um religion is like a big thing over mm. there for people so i grew up in that you know so moving here being away from all that i kind of just realized how i was just like programmed in that sense so you know i in high school i became aware of that and you know i started deprogramming myself you know just looking into every every other religion everything else just like looking at all the information just like <clears throat> you know wanted to learn everything about everything so that process started in high school and you know just kept developing that and kind of like remaking myself you know yeah in a way so definitely that did help it made all the difference yeah for sure i definitely want to drill down into that remaking yourself thing a little bit more um what what kind of like what stands out maybe as uh an influence from that time what were you really drawn towards that that was different okay so i remember it all it really started with this uh documentary on netflix uh it was called into the universe with stephen hawking yeah yeah so you know learning about space it was like whoa okay you know now what my perspective changed so you know looking up at night was you know completely changed so from there it became like okay stephen hawkins is a you know person i can learn from and learn about and then it transferred to other people you know and then eventually it was you know like philosophers and poets and all you know just going into people's work you know that i could just dive into and learn what they had to teach so you know it became about like okay who else can i learn from and then it was terence mckenna and then he took me into a whole different world, you know, and then it, he would mention names and I would look into. So it was just like a matter of just like going from person to person and, you know, getting all the information. Yeah. Yeah. McKenna has yeah. been a huge influence on my life yeah. too. Um, yes. And when you were talking about space, it reminded me of a story that I heard from him, but that's just like a historical kind of story is the guy, Giordano Bruno, who, uh, who is like the first, you know, Western guy, I guess, to sort of realize, like, looking up at the night sky and seeing space and realizing, like, those are all suns. All of those are suns. And he was, I can't remember if he was burned at the stake or, like, you know, they did him <laughs> Galileo style and just locked him in a tower, but... But like it's just crazy that like that's how far we've we've come in sort of a way where like people used to just get killed for pointing out the obvious yeah. 
or like yeah. pointing out something different or like mind expanding. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you were, you were kind of on this journey of, of, of sort of like expanding your mind and, uh, reinventing yourself as a person, uh, did you try psychedelics at this time? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And this was, in it all went, it's like, yeah, go well, ahead. um, I started reading about Terrence McKenna before that, you know, I was in high school still. So I started to search for that, you know, where can I get all that? And, you know, it took me a couple of years. It wasn't until after high school that I came across some, some mushrooms. And that's when, you know, it, but by that time I had all this information. So going into the trip, you know, I knew what to do, you know, late <laughs> in the dark, five grams, yeah. you know, nice. both sides. So it was like, the moment that I have been waiting for. Wow. And then that just took me way deeper into all that. Nice. Nice. What do you think you like, if you had to, if you had to make like a highlight reel of, uh, of things that you've learned either about yourself or about just the world in general from this, this deep artist path that includes psychedelic use, what are some things that, that come to mind? Huh. Like probably realization that um, the reality that we exist in like right now is mm. just a, like a piece in just one layer of just like infinite layers that, yeah. you know, and most people just look and live in this one layer, you know, but I don't know if artists or just any, you know, some people are able to just move through layers, yeah. you know, but for sure artists are able to go through layers and then you see things and then you want to bring them back, you know? So 100%. that's the main thing that I, you know, that I feel is like, you know, people live in this layer. So then you go and explore into different places and then, you know, you get all these impressions you know, from, from trips or dreams, you know, you get these impressions that, of things that you see. So then in this layer where everybody else is, you know, the act of creating is just the act of like pulling that out through the filter of you. Yeah. So I think that's the main thing, you know, that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. Would you say that, that, that this whole process has cost within me? Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. I think that that's, I I think that a lot of people feel that way, you know. I know yeah. I I do definitely. Um, would you say that's kind of your purpose as well, or do you have like a purpose that you've for making art, right? That you've that you've articulated over the years. Yeah. Um, so before doing this style or focusing on this style, my thing was to just like be like a vessel for whatever I could show coming from the subconscious or the superconscious or every other reality that I could, you know, I've had glimpse of, you know, for sure. So my thing was to just like do on the canvas, something that I could show somebody. And then they're like, okay, I could, I, I don't know what it is, but like, I feel it. Like it, it makes sense to me on a certain level, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, there's like a deep understanding that we can all share. You know, and then if you show an image, you can like tap into that, you know, without even knowing, you know? Yeah, 100%. So when you were talking just a moment ago about 
the different layers of reality, I think I realize like, and this is going to be just more or less a trip story, but uh, I think I think one of the reasons why I I'm drawn to your art with the the statues and and you said melting statues, but I got super high one time at uh with my cousin at our grandmother's house, right? And a lot of people don't consider like cannabis or, or weed as a psychedelic, but I've had some of the craziest closed eye yeah. visuals on weed. Yeah. Just just as crazy as as anything, really. I mean, besides like DMT. Uh, but I was I was laying down to go to sleep that night, and I could literally feel like something inside of me changing. I was like maybe fifteen, right? And we just got just you know just baked, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and so I lay down, right, and. All these, I think, assumptions and, yeah, I'll just say assumptions about reality were being washed away. And I remember seeing, like, one of my visions was, like, Renaissance statues uh, crumbling and Mm. and melting away and and receding. Um, And, you know... 15 years old you i didn't know shit from shinola but like looking back on it and putting my analytical brain like what was that you know i think the best the best sentence i've come up with was that my some parts of the western cultural model were being disintegrated within my mind Mm, yeah do you feel and so with what I just said, does that resonate at all with what yeah, you're doing? Yeah. yeah. I feel like exactly what you're saying. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Is yeah. is that what you're trying to do though? Like with your work? Or? Uh, probably like not, not specifically, but it, it might be part of the overall purpose of whatever is trying to happen, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. So it's like, you know, there are things that I can, like I just see and I'm like, I don't know what this means, you know? And it's like an impression that's left on me. And mm-hmm. so all the things are just like ingredients, you know, that are being used in that moment of creating. Right. So then after the painting is done, it's like, okay, what, what just happened here? You right. know? And then it's like, I, I look at it and it brings me back to dreams or trips or feelings or, you know, and then I can kind of see where, what comes from where, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons why I was, I was drawn personally to paintings or, or the act of painting in the first place is that, um, while I was painting my, the verbal mind tends to be at least like, uh, tamped down, if not like muted altogether. And then I would notice, especially when I was first starting to paint that either I can't tell which came first chicken or the egg, but either the paintings that I was making were showing up in my dreams or that my dreams were sort of pre-cognitively influencing Mm -hmm. my paintings because when I would get into that state, I would feel and remember the dream that I had had the night before. (laughs) And it's just, it's crazy because like uh, a a lot of my stuff back then, especially was sort of just like 
strange landscapes. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if my, you know, I wonder which came first. It's always a, a fun thing to wonder about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. Cause like there's, you know, you might not be able to figure that out, you know, because it's, right. just, it's just happening. It's right. just happening. Right. Yeah. And it might, it, it might keep happening. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it, it could just be some sort of like time loop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe like the act of like creating, like kind of like shaping it, like, you know, pushing it in a certain way, but it's still the same, same time loop. <laughs> but do you have just a little bit of control where you like do something different and then you get that moment of like, Oh, for the next one, I'm going to do this. So now yeah. you bring now like a conscious movement into the loop and it just like, maybe yeah yeah i mean it's fun to speculate (laughs) on these things you know like yeah it's it's one of my favorite pastimes for sure um so i i love talking about this shit i could talk about it all day long like i i i kind of want to pivot though to uh just some more like because i don't know you know um what the listeners are, are feeling but I, I'm curious as to some of your, um, some of your ideas about. That's not the right way to say this. I'm gonna have to edit this part. I don't. Um, I'm curious as to like who you would like to be compared to as an artist, without any false modesty. I'll add that too. <clears throat> right compared to like whose work whose work yeah i know it's a tough question right i I probably don't have one in specific person you know but like definitely seeing like the old masters Mm -hmm. right like the the quality of what they did and you know whenever I started learning about them, it was like, yeah, I had a, a, an intense feeling of like, I want to be like that, you know? Yeah. I want to be like them, you know, not just one specific person, but like definitely, you know, want to be remembered as the, as like some, uh, somebody that their paintings are like of, of high quality, you know, like the, the, the actual painting is of high quality, but at the same time it has this like a twist you know, that is a new twist. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah. It's a hard question. I it's think. a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I started thinking about novelty when you just said that with, when you said the, uh, with a twist thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know, you know, I've listened to way too much McKenna. I'll admit it, but like, <laughs> He, he he talks about novelty like all the time, yeah. right? And um I just feel like we are in the time of like incredible novelty. Yeah. And so I'm curious as to where you like how do you think that f- both of us make physical paintings, right? How do you think that yeah. physical paintings will hold up to this like uh oncoming wave of of new technology that's changing things faster than you know our brains can keep up with pretty much right i feel like 
there's going to be a point where like, you know, the digital and virtual are going to be the main thing. And then like physical paintings are going to be like, not, you know, to the same, but then I feel like at, at, as that continues, physical paintings are going to come back and be like a, you know, like a luxury or, yeah, yeah. you know, just because of, of how most things are going to be virtual and now having a physical piece is going to be the thing to do, yeah. you know? It'll be even yeah. more of a status symbol at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, when, when uh, virtual art becomes more mainstream, then there's definitely going to be more attention on that, you know, but definitely it's not going to go away, you know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious because, you know, again, we're still in speculation zone here where uh, yeah. we, you know, I know I'm not an expert on any of this stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but it's fun to talk about nonetheless. Yeah. But I just see that like, you know, everything's getting so crazy and it's not just in the, you know, the digital art world. It's like, it seems like everything is just like at full throttle, you know, clipping in the red, like all the yeah. time. Um, I don't know if I have a question to come out of this, but it maybe just a comment. It seems like art for me, and I know for a lot of people I've interviewed and for even a lot of people who appreciate it seems to be sort of like this, this refuge away from like a lot of that noise. Uh, yeah. Do you feel that way? Yeah, for sure. It's like you, the act of painting can be like locking yourself into the, the, the room that the, your favorite room. Yeah. where the, everything that you love happens in that room and you know you look forward to going into that room and locking yourself in you know and everything you like your favorite music your favorite anything is in that room so you know that going back into the moment of painting is like yeah it's like the perfect time you know yeah it's like where everything makes sense you're in your your space mm -hmm. do you feel like artist yeah. therapy in some sort of way or like therapy. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, everybody, like every artist spends hours and hours and hours. And those are hours that you have to be sitting still and focused on something and, you know, out here being in the moment. So in those moments, everything can come up, you know, things, they come up, you know, so then it's like, what do you do with that? You can deal with it, process it, you know, so you got to find a way to be able to keep doing that, you know, because if you try to ignore it, then it becomes a hassle to be painting and sit down and you don't want to do that. But if you find a way to deal with it and process it and use it as a way to process whatever's going on, then yeah. it can be the best tool for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you think artists have to be in, at least in touch, maybe not like feeling it all the time but do you think they have to be in touch with their particular pain or maybe like some suffering that they have experienced my headphone just died uh, okay i'll repeat the question just let me know okay go ahead yeah so the question was uh do you think artists have to be in touch with their pain or some sort of suffering that they've been through in order to make, make good art. 
Um, I think that any intense emotion will do, you know, whether it's good or bad. Right. If you're in, in, in tune with the emotion, then there's definitely something, something can come out of that. You know, just the act of feeling that, you know, whatever it is, just that the fact that you're feeling it and not ignoring it, you're going into it. That yeah. makes, makes, you know, something happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I and, think- you know, like if it's, if it's like, like pain, you know, like that's, that's very intense and then on your face and you can't ignore it. So that's why that could be the, the one thing, you know, like a painful, you know, or suffering because you can't ignore it. But I feel yeah. like any intense feeling couldn't do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I might actually, um, this has been a question I've been asking um, some people the last few podcasts, but I might actually tailor that question now to be more like an intense emotion because that seems to be more like right on the money. I think I just use pain because no matter who you are, like you're going to, you're going to feel some kind of pain in your life. Yeah. Like it's sort of, yeah. unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, uh, inescapable in this little layer of, of reality yeah. that we yeah. mostly find ourselves in, you know, but, and I, to get back to the thing, the artist therapy thing, like, and I, I think that that's such a huge benefit of art is like, instead of letting that pain just run you over and control you and, uh, you know, make you do questionable things. Yeah, you're, you're dealing with it in real time. Yes, whether it's music or or dance or song or you know or writing, whatever it is, you're you're taking that, and instead of letting it fester and boil up inside of you, yeah. you're you're expressing it in this it, at least neutral, if not like positive way, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're. I feel like the fact that you're doing something physical you know as you're going through it it's like helping you just having like you know an outlet you know yeah because it's like a physical you're doing something as you're doing that it's just it just works out you know and i also feel it as you know the, the more you deal with it in the moment the better it is once you walk away from that moment you know you you're not carrying that it's already dealt with to a certain level yeah, yeah. So you have more space to do more things with your being, you know, Yeah. after it's almost like working out, you're like working out and becoming stronger within, 100%. you know, and then you can go and deal with other things in yeah. a better way. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect uh, point to segue into uh, asking about your daily routine. Um, are you, do you stick to a daily routine in any sort of like uh strict way or are you what's it like what's a what's i guess describe the perfectly productive and um okay most balanced day that that you could have do you think okay so yeah this is like what i aim for but i don't want it to be a you know an everyday thing but like it's what i aim for and just like it's like what keeps me grounded you know right and that would be like I would start working around 11 p.m., you know, then work all night and then probably go to sleep around 
five to seven a.m. Uh huh. And then sleep eight hours, six to eight hours. Yeah. And yeah. then wake up <laughs> first thing, go to the gym, then come back and uh, have my breakfast. You know, at whatever time, three, four p.m. Then if I have time, I can you know start working on something. And then right before sunset, I will go on a bike ride, you know, for an hour. Nice. Then I would come back and then have my, you know, my main meal and then start preparing to get to work, you know, start getting everything ready. And then that's where, you know, like my work would start. And by that time, it's like, I don't know, 9, 10 p.m. Yeah. And that's where I would start. And that's like, you know, maximum productivity. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a few things about that. Uh, you're a night owl, huh? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, it, did I wake you up today? Like, did you, <laughs> when we uh, scheduled this interview, I was like, 1 PM is probably cool for me. And I know it's, you're just uh, an hour behind me. So is this like the no, first so part like, of your um, day? Uh, I did have to wake up early so that I could go to the gym before this. Okay. But you know, not every day is like that. Like in the past 24 hours, I've had um, a few periods of like four hour of sleep at a time. So like I haven't slept a whole eight hours. Like yeah, yeah. I slept for four hours before I woke up to do this, but I was awake all night, mm -hmm. but I had a nap before. So like it's my sleep schedule is really weird. Yeah. And I can, you know, like I, I work for five, six hours at a time, sometimes more. Yeah. But, you know, I look to um, have that routine as much as possible, but sometimes I don't, you know? Yeah, for sure. I knew that I had to, you know, like uh, this was going to start at 3 p.m. for me, so I knew that I had to be up by 1 or 12 to be able to work out before this. Yeah. Yeah. So do you... So, like, I plan according to, to what I got going on, so... Sure, know. yeah. You're flexible, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like every artist is at least has to be flexible with their, their own timing and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. If not downright, just like all over the place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's it's how, a mixture of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I was for, for a long time. I mean, I still am to a certain extent, depending on, like you said, like what I have going on. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah I found like if I can just, getting on a, a normal normal quote unquote or at least a consistent a consistent schedule <laughs> is it, it really helps with uh my productivity and like being in a healthy rhythm uh there's something about momentum instead of you know just trying to force 16 hours of work into one day which sometimes happens and that's great but yeah. like Instead of that, like just sort of, you know, working 10 hour days, you know, for a longer period of time in this consistent manner, for me, that that's built up more momentum than mm. just trying to power through one day and be like, oh, I got to paint 16, 18 hours today or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you about uh, exercising, going to the gym. Is that, that uh, a daily thing for you? Yeah. 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 Do you feel like that helps your mental yeah. health as well? As yes, your absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, 
yeah, being in that moment of just like, you know, pushing through a workout, it's just, it just feels amazing, you know, yeah. and, and the feeling after that is just like, yeah, you know, it's just amazing. So I pursue that every day. Nice. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not as, as consistent, I don't think as, as you are probably, but, um, I'll speak to that because the other day I was trying to make, this is going to sound stupid, but I, I, I like being vulnerable. I think it, it helps people like connect, you know, uh, the other day I was, I was trying to make this Instagram video because I wanted to promote like this little sale I'm doing or whatever. By the time people hear this, it'll be all over. So this isn't in itself a promotion. It's just talking about this thing I was doing, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I couldn't get the video that I had made that I had even taken into premiere and like edited I couldn't get it back on my phone, so I couldn't post it. And it was just a super frustrating day. And I hadn't exercised. And, like, bro, I was walking around for, like, an hour just, like, with all this pent-up, like, frustration and rage Mm. inside of me. Yeah. And we were walking my dog. And uh, we were walking through, like, the kind of nicer neighborhoods up the hill from where I live. And uh, these people were talking in their driveway two dogs were there one of them had a leash but the owner didn't wasn't holding it and the dog came and ran up to to my dog and just started barking and like it took everything i had not to just like flip out but i yelled Mm. i did yell at the lady i was like yo come get your dog and it was this like you know it's like to to speak of dogs again like when they shake you know they like shake themselves off I feel like that they're yeah expressing like and they're getting all this energy out that's like building up. They're like releasing tension a little bit. And I, I do agree the times that I do exercise and push through whether it's running or lifting or whatever, I feel like I'm a dog like shaking off all this this oh, yeah. extra yeah, you feel like, bullshit. Just light. You just feel so light. Yeah. And then the endorphins yeah. come after and you're just like, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you just want more and more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever create or do you ever paint when you're super tired? Meaning like, or like you're in a place where like, "Ah, I don't feel like painting. Do you ever like push through, um, like a workout or do you find that it's good to just always be in an optimal state? Um, I feel like, you don't always have to be in optimal state right. and the act of painting could get you in that place, you know, cause I have, you know, I have, um, been very tired, you know, and just like not wanting to do anything, you know, but I'm like sitting there and I'm looking at the painting. And then the more I look at it, I start, you know, imagining myself painting it and working on certain areas. And then it'll be like an hour just sitting there looking at it, thinking about it. And then eventually like I'm on it. Yeah. And then like, I'm on a, I'm a whole different person, you know, mm-hmm. since I, that I was a moment before just feeling tired and all that. Sometimes, yeah, I, you know, power through it. Uh, mostly with murals, you know, like the very last mural I did, which was the biggest, I had uh, six days to do it. And that one I did work like 10, 10 hour, 12 hour days, yeah. six, six days. By the f- fifth day, I was, I was really pushing through it. 100%. And I only had a ladder to get on. Ooh. 
but the the very act of like being tired and like sweating it was a whole a whole trip you know it was like it, its own journey it yeah. was beautiful yeah so i want to pull that up real quick because uh and this will be like probably the the last screen share i do but i think it's a it's a pretty dope mural by the way here it is sort of like uh is that the is that the same kind of statue reference like sort of melting together or is it different? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same, like almost like uh, three faces of the same, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Three yeah. versions of the same. Yeah. Yeah. So just three different angles. That's super cool. And I like that you had this uh, this kind of gold stencil, um, almost like wallpaper or something. Yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah. Yeah, mur- yeah, murals are actually super physically challenging for anybody who uh, has never really experienced making a mural. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's amazing to put in that like physical work towards that. Yeah, here you are, kind of like doing your process here on this mural. Uh, how are you selecting yep. for colors? That's one thing I, I was uh, curious about. Uh, based on what I've done before and if I want to do something different or just it's mostly like what I feel you know like feels right like I'll look at other paintings and just get inspired by that and you know just think of new colors that I can add or new combinations yeah it you know but at the end it's just like what feels right just whatever happened yeah yeah I mean I noticed like the the acrylic pouring Sorry, I'm all over the place and not being like linear with my my it's all interview. Good. That's, today. that's how we are. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, I noticed that the acrylic pouring, like the way that it sits on a surface, it definitely sort of reminds me of like a marble or like an an agate. You know what? It, like a like a stone agate pattern. Yeah. In there, and so yeah, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that, but. Uh, uh, sometimes the the pour uh the paint has the consistency where it it shows up like that you know where like the other colors just like um go underneath like the main color and it, it ends up being just like this off white with like the gold just sinks into it and then the, every other color that i put just like disappears and mm. you know it, it just ends up being like that yeah. i have some paintings that look like that but and it, that's just what happens, you know, which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that, man. I think we'll wrap it up here soon, but I just, I just want to say that I, I love that you're kind of using to like tie it all back together. The happy little accident approach of Bob Ross Yeah, and really like carving into that. I think that that's super unique, super novel. And, uh, I can't wait for more. Uh, one last question I'll ask you is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? The advice that I would give to my younger self, I think would be to, <clears throat> uh, do and paint as much as possible. Just experiment as much as possible. Cause that's where it's at. Yeah. And the doing, the doing as a teacher, the more you do it, the more you learn, you know? the more hours you can put into it, like the faster everything happens. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's about doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The doing is the teacher. I love that, man. 
Well, Stephen, yeah. thank you so much for, for hopping on this interview with me. And um, Stephen the Artist, right, on yes. Instagram. Stephen the Artist, yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Well, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash RTAF Podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. It includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron-only posts, and some merchandise. Thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do all those little things that help get RTAF into the consciousness of more and more people. Shout! 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 Sh